The transfer portal is moving at a breakneck speed, and Miami is in play for several five-star recruits. I am Alex Dono, your host, University of Miami alum, longtime South Florida radio vet, including pregame and postgame on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to wrap up the week right. Talk some recruiting with our good friend, Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, John Garcia Jr. joins us. And John, I still remember when we spoke eight days ago, I wrapped up our conversation saying, hey, the next time we talk, we'll see if Miami's pulled any more rabbits out of their hat in the transfer portal. In eight days, they've gotten three new incoming transfers. So it's been a wild one. How are you? I'm good. I mean, not as good as, uh, you know, Mario Cristobal and and, and the crew there. Uh, Canes fans got to be excited about all the all the big bodies that have come in. My goodness. Total overhaul in that front seven, um, understandably. And, and I think it's you talk about instant impact. They all all these guys got to play for the most part. So it's it's really important. And uh, the momentum is, is certainly there. Yeah, and it's no secret Miami's defense was problematic last year, last in the ACC in most categories. I think they had the 75th ranked overall defense in the country. So let's talk about the three players Miami has added since we last spoke. Um, I, To me, I think Akeem Mesador, the defensive lineman from West Virginia, I think he may end up being the most impactful transfer period that Miami has brought in. Maybe you can tell me if you agree or disagree with that, but what sort of an impact do you see Mesador could have on that D-line this coming season? I agree, uh, Dono. This is, this is a premier inside-out pass rusher who we got to see a lot in the Sunshine State. You know, he prepped at Clearwater Academy International, uh, his his last two years after moving down from Canada, and we loved him. I mean, this was a dynamic pass rusher who was was kind of an edge early on. Then he started gaining weight, and then he started being as productive as an interior pass rusher. And that's really where it, it kind of gets scary with Mesador because it's one thing to scream off the edge and beat a tackle, uh, but that quarterback can usually step up right and see that coming. When, when you're doing it from the interior, there's a lot less avenue and space to make movement. So if you can be big and quick on the inside with some pass rushing polish, you can really wreck an offensive game plan. And that's what we saw from Mesador as a high schooler. And certainly early on at West Virginia, uh, he's probably in the 270 range now. So he's gained some good weight. He's not the tallest player, 6'2", 6'3". So I think that's probably capping his, his physical build. But in 2022, Alex, that's okay. I mean, these linemen are getting smaller because the pass rushers are getting a little bit smaller. But there's still a premium for those who can play with true quickness. He's a a leverage kid, strong in the lower half. And again, he's developed some of those pass rushing moves to the point where he's kind of a pass rush specialist on the inside, which is really, really rare. Um, I was talking to some coaches in the state about him earlier this week, and and they were like, man, this kid already had draft stock. Usually those aren't the kids who hit who hit the portal. Uh, but lo and behold, Mesador did looking for a, a little bit more exposure and, and he'll get it at Miami, I, I think, pretty much immediately. Now, a player that does already have really good size, uh, and I, I'm kind of excited for what Daryl Jackson, who comes in defensive tackle from Maryland, because it, it seems to me like there's a lot of room for growth. He was just a true freshman last year, 6'5", 303 pounds, 86 inch wingspan. Uh, how do you project Mr. Jackson? Just, yeah, total opposite, right? We talked about Mesador with polish and technique. 
Jackson is is just raw size and power. You you mentioned the length as well. You talk about occupying blockers. Uh, that's where that reach really comes into play as an interior defensive lineman. Um, despite Daryl's youth uh, coming over from Maryland, you know I think this is an important pickup because we've seen Miami bolster the edge units and the linebacker units, but with the defensive interior units. You know, you want that size. You want that girth and experience to help in the run game on early downs. I mean, Miami, unfortunately, became known as a porous defense initially versus the run. So getting this type of size and, and at 6'6", 305, 310 pounds, you know, Jackson can probably add more weight if he wanted to. Adding that to the fold just from a geographical standpoint, even uh, in a real estate sense, uh, he's occupying much more space on, on the field. And that's a good starting point for the Canes that we're, we're kind of going smaller, quicker across the board. So you did that with Mesador, but now you're countering it with, with a Daryl Jackson. And now you're playing them together uh, and, and you offer something different for the offensive line to present against. Uh, so he is younger. I do think he's more of a developmental prospect. He is a raw prospect, certainly. Uh, to a degree. Uh, but obviously, you know, Miami needs help in the trenches wherever they can get it. So I would Im imagine he's going to see, you know, two deep uh, reps here sooner rather than later, whenever he gets uh, to Coral Gables. I like it. And Miami needs help at linebacker as well. And they get one from UCLA in Caleb Johnson. Uh, you know, he, he probably, uh, he and Mitchell Agude, who both came over from UCLA, they probably saw their guy Jalen Phillips come to Miami a couple of years ago and do himself a lot of favors. But I mean, how, how important do you think Caleb Johnson is going to be to this team? I mean, he could he could very well become like the captain of the defense. I think he could be that important uh, at Miami. We know they they had that run where where linebacker was such a stable position at the U, uh, really forever, right? Uh, even even with the the younger guys, because they would start as freshmen and then just kind of stick it out thereafter uh, and become experienced and, and leaders and all of that. But now you can import it via the transfer portal. And what I like about bringing in UCLA guys for Miami fans is. That's a guy you scouted against if you're Mario Cristobal. And that's a guy you game planned against to a degree. Uh, so if, if anybody has an understanding of the impact you can provide, it's a coach who coached against you. That's, that's why oftentimes in the evaluation business, we talk to the other coach, right? Travis Hunter played against School X. Let's go talk to that coach to see just how good this kid is because his coach usually going to talk them up a little bit. So it's a little bit more of a, of a baseline of respect when it's the opposing coach, but in the portal, now when you change jobs, you can just bring in that player. Um, so I think that that says a lot about Caleb Johnson, a lot to like on the field, you know, six, one, two or so a balanced linebacker, a productive linebacker who can play the run and the pass. He's built to play in space. He runs well, uh, sideline to sideline. There's, there's a lot of upside with Caleb Johnson. And, and when you're rebranding and you're building out a new room, which is the case at every room positionally for Miami, you got to get leaders. You got to get guys who have kind of been there and done that. So I think Caleb Johnson, like I said, has a chance to, by, by the mid middle of the season, maybe even the beginning, kind of be the signal guy uh, for Miami's defense. I think he can have that much of an impact and that important of an impact, even when it doesn't show up in the stat sheet. We're joined here by Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated, John Garcia, Jr. And, John, so much of the success that Miami is having in the transfer portal and, you know, the, the success that they've had early on in future recruiting, it's it's come in conjunction with name, image, and likeness. Because, you know, sure. the Ruiz family, John Ruiz and his sons and his daughter – 
uh, have stepped up so much through Life Wallet. I mean, John Ruiz has talked about committing $10 million just this year for student athletes at the University of Miami and NIL. And of course, when you have something like this going on, which, and I've spoken to a lawyer about it this week, John, so I know <laughs> that if, from, from what anyone can tell, what the Ruiz family is doing is completely legal and under the Florida statutes and laws and the NCAA statutes and laws. Hasn't stopped a lot of folks from the outside, though, criticizing what Miami is doing. And you see terms thrown around like they're just buying players and stuff. I mean, uh, how how long do you think it's going to take before we start to see some big time alumni and business people kind of step up in other places? And of course, NIL is happening. But the way the Ruiz family is doing it, it's just it's just a lot more flamboyant and out there. Right. So. Right. How do you it's see public. that shaking out? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. That, that's the biggest difference. And you hit it right. It's, it's, it's more Miami. Let's be honest. <laughs> it is more in your face, flamboyant, public, all of those things. So it does create it does create a bit of uh, opposition, natural opposition. Right. Probably going to come from Gainesville and Tallahassee first and foremost, uh, but it really does stretch beyond that uh, because, look, Miami's Miami. Miami, at, at college football's core, Miami it should be a polarizing entity, right? Uh, so why not be the one that's in your face and a little bit more potentially problematic when it's the same thing that's going on at Tennessee and Texas A&M? Uh, USC, hello? I mean, every player got beats yeah. by Dre because of Caleb Williams' deal with beats by Dre. So um, – People are spending money everywhere uh, for college athletes. The difference is that Miami has been a little bit more front-facing. That's also going to change. Uh, and I think that's where you look to Miami as kind of a trend-setting program because now I think some of those shadow boosters are going to say, well, well, maybe I should post my stuff on Twitter. How do we compete? Well, let's just show how much we've been spending with our kids. So it's not something – that that breeds uh, competition in a negative way. I think it breeds it in a positive way to where other schools are going to want to try to to go, you know, tit for tat with Miami, just like every school does in the arms race. That is the uniforms and facilities and on campus stadiums and all the other stuff that we always talk about NFL draft picks to, to tie it into today. But NIL is going to be just the next one of those. So as long as it's legal and and that's probably going to change in, in the next year or two as well, just in terms of where the gray areas exist. That will change. But until then, why not be the one that's forward facing? Because all those schools we just talked about are trying to do the same thing Miami's doing is reestablishing a certain level of of statehood. Right. Where do you stand uh, in this union that is college football and Miami, A&M, Tennessee, USC, Texas, all the schools that we, we hear the most NIL stuff talk about? They're all trying to move up to back back to where they used to be. Um, so this is one vehicle uh, to, to potentially get that job done. So it's not going anywhere. Uh, and for Miami fans, you, you should you should be used to this. The criticism uh, that that stuff's not going anywhere either. The more the more you're back, the more you're going to get. So you should want more of that because it means things are heading in the right direction. I couldn't have said it better myself. Coming up next with John, we're going to take his temperature on some of the five stars that Miami is going after for the class of 2023. Guys, summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. 
Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. My kid loves these. Make sure that everyone has a bar so that you're fueled for all of your summer adventures. Now, the best part about Built Bars, guys, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. Guys, I've been on my own health and fitness journey for the past six months, and a big help for me has been because I have a sweet tooth, right? I've gotten rid of the candy bars. The Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the Snickers, I need to hold off on that stuff. Built Bars are even better, and they're healthy for you. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? You're going to go crazy for the Puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie, that's my personal favorite, and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 (laughs) calories, man. Sign me up. If that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the Mix Box. That's the first thing that I tried. It's great to get a little sample of everything. The Mix Box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Built Bar makes sure that there's something for everyone. You know what my favorite play uh, flavor is? It's the white chocolate cookies and cream, guys, because I'm a big fan of that cookies and cream flavor. Most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, just 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of action-packed protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com to get all your favorites. Banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Big announcement for the first time ever. Locked On is hosting live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. The first night, Thursday night, was awesome. The crew was great. The studio looked impressive. We have two more days, guys. Tune in tonight and tomorrow as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It's returning tonight for day two, available on Locked On NFL on YouTube and on the Odyssey app. We're here with John Garcia Jr. talking some recruiting here on Locked On Canes. And of course, John, uh, there's going to be a lot of recruiting battles coming up for the class of 2023. You know, I I look at something that it it seems like it's kind of a need right now, but they also need to address it in the long term when it comes to boundary-wide receivers. And, you know, Miami's got somebody in their backyard a few miles away from campus, Jalen Brown at Gulliver Prep. He's he's a five-star right now. I know Miami wants to be in his mix. What's the temperature on Jalen Brown? Could he end up being a cane? I think he could. You know, this this recruitment has changed perception a lot, you know, and, and that happens when you're a kid like Jalen, who really dating back to his freshman or sophomore year started to accumulate a ton of scholarship offers, Alex. So naturally you get, you know, schools trending early and then it changes. And and now where we're at with, with Jalen is, is he's kind of getting into that, the beginning of the end, right? He's trying to figure out where am I going to take these official visits uh, to, to potentially make a verbal commitment. Um, but the school that he's been to the most is obviously Miami, given its proximity uh, to Gulliver, to where he, he goes to school. Uh, and, and the other schools have always 
flip-flopped, right? Notre Dame early on, Florida State at one point. Um, now we hear more of LSU, where he just visited here recently, uh, talking about potentially pairing with a guy like Dante Moore. But obviously, Dante is being recruited by Miami uh, as well, so that could that pairing could happen down at the U uh, in, in a certain light. But I think Jalen is really high on the program. He always was was involved with Miami under Manny Diaz, but it's hit another level under Mario Cristobal. Like we've seen with a lot of these local recruits, there is a belief that the U can actually get back now. Uh, there is a belief that this is the staff to do it and push it all the way to the top. And there's a, you know, the local recruits to a degree want to be a part of that. And, and the wide receiver position, it, it's a good year to need receivers. Uh, the state of Florida, I was counting with my friend this week. There are 40 potential power five receivers in the state of Florida this year. It is absolutely loaded, but Jalen Brown might be the fastest of that entire group. Uh, So naturally, when you think of Miami at its apex, speed is associated with that. I'm sure that's part of the sell for the U uh, in particular. uh, and, and, And the first order of business is keeping guys home, uh, keeping guys home in Dade County, in Broward County, in Palm Beach. So when you got one so close to campus, there's almost an extra emphasis on taking Jalen Brown versus another South Floridian just because he's so close to campus. And, you know, profile-wise, he does represent a little bit more of, of what you want Miami to be or what we've seen Miami to be when, when they're at their best. So I think the Canes stay in it all the way for Jalen. Gun to my head. This early, I would say the Canes are probably the safest pick to stay in the race all the way and and potentially land his commitment when that time comes. I love that. Now, there's a a running back in Central Florida in Orlando that I know Miami's new running back coach, Kevin Smith, is pretty hot and heavy for. He's made some visits up there. I I believe Cedric Baxter, who who I'm talking about, has, has been down to Miami. He had some complimentary things to say about spring practice weeks ago. Uh, Cedric Baxter would obviously be a very big fish if Miami can get him. Uh, What do you think their status could be for Cedric? I think they're going to stay in it for him all the way. Um, He he came off of an Ohio State visit onto a camp in Orlando that I was at and off the plane he comes in a Miami (laughs) long sleeve and I'm like, didn't you just come from Ohio State? He's like, yeah, but you know, I'm back in Florida now. So he certainly understands how to play the game to, to quite a degree and he knows that, you know, his his position flexibility, I mean, he's a great downhill back, but he's elite in space and in the open field. You know, that that's what that staff has sold him on, you know, as opposed to the other schools on his list where he'd kind of just be not not saying he's, he'd be another guy, but another elite guy because uh, he's looking at a huge group of, of elite power uh, programs. So I think the the Miami angle and the Florida angle in particular are being sold very similarly uh, to Baxter. He's frequented both campuses, uh, and now he wants to bring his parents to those campuses as he continues uh, to take official visits. So I, I think uh, this recruitment is 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 got a ways to go relative to Jalen Brown, who I think could probably shut it down a little bit sooner than a Cedric Baxter. But as we creep into the summer, Alex, all these elite kids start thinking about well. Should I commit before my season begins? And and if that's the case, I think that's a good thing for Miami and for Florida. The sooner the better if you're the local schools for Cedric Baxter. The longer he draws it out, the longer he gets out to Texas and Texas A&M and these schools, um, the, the maybe the, the more true competition exists 
for his decision. So if he does get that itch to, to come off the board, I think that's great news for the Canes. And, and he's a little bit more reserved of a kid until you get to know him a little bit. So I think those kids typically do want to get the process over with a little bit sooner. So I could see that being really positive for the U. That makes sense. Now, last thing I want to ask you, offensive linemen, right? We know Cristobal, Mirabal, they're making that a big priority for the future. Uh, you know, a couple top players I know Miami wants to be in the mix for Monroe Freeling, uh, Francis Mauioga. Uh, what do you what do you think Miami's going to be looking at uh, 2023 for O-line? Yeah, those are two of, of of the bigger names. I think Peyton Kirkland's another one from the Orlando area who, who is committing in July. Last time I saw him, he was wearing some Miami gear as well. Um, you know, Francis, true national battle, kid from American Samoa who ends up at IMG Academy. So he's got, you know, big-time offers from across the country. Bama, Georgia, LSU, USC, Oregon uh, was recruiting him when Crystal Ball was there. Uh, so obviously there is a familiarity, and he spent January wanting to get to, to see the new schools. He wanted to get to Oregon. He wanted to get to USC and Miami. So he accomplished all of those things. But then he took this recent trip to Tennessee, and now all of a sudden – there's a lot of Tennessee buzz. Speaking of NIL, a lot of Tennessee buzz for Francis in his recruitment all of a sudden. I do think it wears off to a degree, and, and he probably sticks to the West Coast or ends up at a school in the SEC, ACC footprint. But long way to go is the point uh, with Francis. He's probably going to take his recruitment as deep as any elite prospect in this cycle. I think Monroe Freeling, probably the opposite, You know, a much more narrow list. I think Notre Dame's probably the chief competition. He just set an official visit to Notre Dame. I, I believe it will be the first uh, that he has set. So if you're Miami now as a fan, you're saying, hey, we need to get that next official visit. So that's the next phase to keep an eye on with Freeling. Can you get him on campus officially? Uh, he's already visited unofficially and, and has great things to say. We know O-linemen are going to be one of the position groups that Miami is judged on because of Mario Cristobal's background and Alex Miramol's background and how they are, are combining for some of these pitches. Um, so I do think it's going to be a positive position to look back at, but some big heavyweight battles for some of these prospects. Uh, but Freeling might be the closest to making a decision. So you got to get one of those officials coming up. I love it. Always informative. Make sure you check this man out on Twitter at John Garcia underscore junior. He's the director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated. John, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, which are heating up. My Miami Heat are going to take on the Philadelphia 76ers in the second round starting Monday. Can't wait for that. Major League Baseball in full swing. And guys, they got futures. Just throwing this out there. Tyler Van Dyke, 33-1 to 1 odds to win the Heisman. Place a few dimes on that. Going to be eating good at the end of this coming season, guys. You can check out all these numbers and get all the insight possible, including live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. You guys know I'm very active in the betting space, and you need the information that bet online provides you to get the edge over the sharps because by myself I can't figure out the trends the way that they can and the way that they break it down so easily bet online where the game starts it's been a really fun week of shows 
John Garcia Jr. is always a pro. He's always so full of information. We also got a chance to speak with Larry Bluestein this week, who is the man, the myth, the legend. And we spoke to Dan Lust, sports attorney. Uh, we're going to be resuming Hurricanes players' conversations, former player conversations, next Friday. We're going to bring back Keeping Up with a Cane. Um, unfortunately, on the former player front, I'm God, I'm still so bummed about this. Uh, we found out on Thursday afternoon that we we lost a member of the Miami Hurricanes family uh, and a South Florida football legend, St. Thomas Aquinas, South Florida Express, seven on seven, back during his high school days, was just an, an absolute fixture of this community. Sam Bruce passed away at the age of 24 he uh, w was involved in a car accident, and he's no longer with us. And it's one of those things, guys. First of all, way too young to go. Uh, th this young man, always a pleasure to be around. Unbelievable smile, infectious personality. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about what happened, and our, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. I know that he was a member of the University of Miami football team for an incredibly brief time. But as far as I'm concerned, once a cane, always a cane. And I was thrilled to see um, so much just love pouring out from the University of Miami community and, of course, the South Florida high school sports community as well. Rest in peace and rest in power, Sam Bruce. Way too soon to see you go, and I, I know God has a plan for everything and uh, I'm, I'm sorry that this had to be the way that that plan went. And, and I just comfort, comfort and thoughts go out to his family. I know that there are probably some people listening to this who had a personal, personal uh, relationship with Sam because he touched so many inside this community. And so for everyone who is grieving today and this weekend for Sam Bruce, uh, just know that Sam is loved and that uh, hopefully this community, we can provide each other with a shoulder to cry on. So that'll do it for this week. We will talk to you guys again on Monday. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.